Hey-o. Welcome to the Steam Place Podcast, presented by JokerMag.com, the home of the All righty then, welcome to the Steam Place Podcast, MLB edition. Brian Catino here with Joe Duffy, and I apologize ahead of time, I'm feeling a little under the weather. Don't worry, it's not the corona. <laughs> Dude, you can't even be talking like that. Don't even make mention of it. Just let it – don't bring it up. All right, all right. You got it. Anyway, um, <laughs> it, it hasn't hit Virginia yet, thank God. So, um, I don't know. Bergen County, though, might, might have to watch out up there. Yeah, that's what I mean. That's my <laughs> neck of the woods. You can't You can't even say that shit out loud. So, Sheesh, Scary stuff. So sold out of the hand sanitizer in the local Walmart here. So, so. is that true? Oh yeah, I was there last night. <laughs> oh my, people are just out of control. Just wash your hands. Just wash. Just wash your hands. Uh, simple stuff. Oh, uh, anyway. All right. Well, we're we're here to talk baseball, not uh, you know, viruses. Um, although this this league, you could end up throwing up the teams out of your mouth and they could end up in all in the same spot um that's kind of what we're looking at this year yeah this uh we're gonna get into a division today where four out of the five teams are all really similar and you can see pretty much winning the exact same amount of games uh the throwing up terminology was kind of corny there but i'll let it slide for you um the point was right so I- i'm with you yeah well um i know last year we were pretty pretty damn high on this division uh i don't think we think the same way this year uh no no i i definitely don't um and the the two teams that we were probably more high on uh, i kind of see a little bit of a fall off from both of them so yeah it's going to be a different tune when we talk about this division today yeah, all right, all right. Well, let's hop into it. Um, we're we're going to start with the uh, 2016 champions, the Chicago Cubs. Um, disappointing season last year, to say the least. Uh, they they had the playoffs in their hands, and they just let it slip away. They threw it up, so to speak, right? Uh, yeah, yeah, for... <laughs> <laughs> talking immune diseases then then yes um anyway chicago cubs uh look i mean i still think they have a bunch of talent but um who who are some of the players this year that really need to either you know take huge steps forward or just be who they're supposed to be um in order for them to be successful this year i'm with you team still has loads of talent i mean we're only it's still only three, four years removed from that World Series. And, look, a lot of these guys are still extremely young. Um, but the the big one that stands out for me is Chris Bryant, and not merely because of the talent he is, but because what he's going to have to do for this team this year. Um, it looks like he's going to be batting leadoff. Um, and I, I would like to see him be able to, to run a little bit more freely on the bases. I think he can provide a spark for that team in that manner as well. Um, getting him more at bats, all the better. I, I, I like the idea of that too. But he's going to have to be the engine that makes everything go here. Um, 
Baez, Schwarber, Rizzo in the middle of that order, Contreras as well. I mean, you have a solid stack there, but when we talked about the top and the bottom, that's where the inconsistency's been. And I, I think Bryant can provide some stability at the top of that order. Granted, he gets off to a good good start in April and they decide to keep him there. But yeah, I, I think he's probably the single most important player to that team. And another part being, let's face it, I mean, there, there were talks about him shop, uh, the Cubs shopping him. So if that's a reality here and he's off to a slow start, team's off to a slow start, who knows where they go. So a, a lot's going to fall on the shoulders of Chris Bryant this year. Yeah, I mean, I would have to agree with that. He's he's a guy that can basically sway a team from, you know, from playoff contention to, you know, World Series contender. Like, he's that type of player. I mean, he could play third, first, all, all three outfield positions if he had to. Um, I mean, he can do it all. And I think him being in the leadoff spot is actually going to propel this team forward a little bit. I like the, uh, the progressive thinking of, of David Ross here where it's like, let's get my best players the most at bats and you know, whatever happens after that happens, but um, we need to score runs early and often and get these guys to the play as much as possible. So I'm kind of liking this thought process there. Yeah. I'm a hundred percent with you. I think a lot more teams are doing this now. Um, and more of the progressive coaches, like you said, Gabe Kapler um, was a guy who was doing this a lot in Philly. You saw Carlos Santana batting in the one and two spot for them when he was over there. Um, and, and Reese Hoskins has hit in that two hole as well when Kapler was over there. So we've seen this around the league. Um, it's becoming more and more uh, common, common ground amongst teams. But yeah, for, for the Cubs in particular, I, I really like it because I think they need that spark at the top of the lineup. Yeah, absolutely. Um, who's, who's your next guy? So, all right. So I got, we're, if we're going to talk about five players, I got three arms I want to talk about a little bit. So I'll, I'll go with the other bat right now. And the other bat I have down for me is Kyle Schwarber. Um, I just, I would like to see more consistency out of Schwarber. I would like to see the K numbers down and maybe him get that average up over 250. And I think if those are two things he can do, he's going to be a 35 to 40 home run guy, hit close to 100 RBIs in that spot in the order. I just would like to see some less swings and misses and uh, putting the ball in play a little more. And if he's able to put the ball in play more naturally, that average is going to jump from the 230s, 240s up to that 250 mark. So I think Schwarber can still improve. I think there's more to his game than we've seen thus far, but he's going to have to put that into play this year. Yeah, the improvement of Schwarber would be um, extremely instrumental for this team. He he has all the talent in the world, um, can hit bombs, as we know, but um, if he could play a little bit better outfield, uh, plus swing the bat at a more consistent rate, you know, like you said, for average, um, I mean, the power numbers are going to come. But if he can get up there in the 250s, or 260s, like that'll be a really that would be big time for this ball club. Yeah, and I'm not. Listen, I don't ever expect him to be a good outfielder, so I kind of I don't even want to necessarily talk about that <laughs> because we 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 just know the type of player he is out there. He's out there for his bad, not for his defense. That that's just the name of the game with him. But yeah, if he if he can get that mark up to 250 260 and no one's even going to talk about the fielding he can do whatever that he could pick daisies out in left field I, I it doesn't even matter as long as he's hitting the ball and he can get up to close to 35 40 home runs that that's the job he's there to do 
no, I mean, I, w- I would agree with that statement. Like, for me, it's just like one or the other, dude. You either got to hit for a little bit more average or you got to be able to save runs defensively. So, yeah, I, I agree. I, he, he should be on the hitting side, but it's got to, it's got to, he's got to step his game up in, in one realm or the other. So, all right, who, who are your, who are the arms for you that uh, you're really looking at this year? The first one is you, Darvish. Man, did that dude put it all back together. Um, last year he he looked real good added another pitch to his arsenal with that perfecting that splitter um he was getting guys to swing and miss I I really think he's going to be the true ace that this team let's let's face it they didn't really have it last year um I personally going into the year thought this rotation was still going to be pretty solid with uh Lester Quintana kind of being able to be those two three guys and Hendricks being the steady force but we didn't really see that happen the bright spot really came from Darvish when he got it going. And I think that he's kind of the guy we saw in Texas when he first came up. He's, he's a dynamic pitcher. He's going to get a lot of strikeouts and he's going to have to be the ace for this team now because a couple of those other lefty arms don't necessarily have as much juice as they once did. Yeah. I'm extremely excited to watch you Darvish pitch this year um, and see what else he's got, got in the tank, man. He, came back in a way last year that you know really opened the eyes of some people um people had forgotten about you darvish they're like where is he even playing but um no this this year i think is is a big year for him um to really honor his contract and really help the cubs you know hopefully make a postseason run this year he's he's definitely you know got to go out every five days and and uh give his team you know limit limit the runs from the other team and uh just be that steady one or two guy that they have at the top of rotation. I'm not sure what, who they're going to have opening day, um, but I think it should be him. Yeah, I definitely do. And I, I think I think it will be him. I think that Dave Ross understands exactly what he did last year. And, look, he got that contract for a reason. Um, and I think he's got a chip on his shoulder too, man. He's been pretty vocal about the whole Astros thing. He was not happy that, look, he, he got – scorched in that world series and i think he's a guy who's gonna come out and look to back up the words he's been putting out there to the media this off season um now granted he he has every right to be upset and be mad but when you start talking you got to back it up so i i think he's gonna do that i think he's got a bit of a chip on his shoulder this year the stuff came together last year i i really think darvish can put it all together and if you're playing fantasy baseball i think he can be a potential top 15 option at that starting pitching position as long as he stays healthy. Yeah, I would I would I would tend to agree with that. Um that was someone to look out for on on your draft boards. Um all right, who are the other two arms? Are they both starting pitchers or you got a guy in the bullpen here? I got one starter, one reliever. The reliever is is simple. It's Craig Kimbrell. Um mm-hmm. you know, can can he get back to that guy he once was striking out pretty much anyone who stepped up to the plate. Um Kimbrell was no doubt about it, the best closer in baseball. Um, he didn't get signed till like halfway through the season last year after that long holdout. Um, and I don't really think he ever got into his groove. Um, I'm interested to see if he can get back to being that guy he once was. Um, and then the other one for me is Kyle Hendricks. And Hendricks is just a guy who he's consistent. Um, he's there's going to be contact off him, but he induces ground balls really well. He knows how to get out. He's just a really, he's a pitcher's pitcher. He knows, he knows how to throw a good game. And I think that if Hendricks can be 
that solid two guy behind Darvish and you can take some of the pressure off of Quintana and Lester and put them at the back of that rotation, I all of a sudden think things are kind of looking up for them as opposed to last year where, you know, some of these arms we were, by the end of the year, you were kind of thinking, man, it might be time to move off of them. So I I think those two guys are going to be huge parts for them going forward this year. Yeah, I'm ready to see Craig Kimbrell back back to his old form. Um, I mean, the guy was – must watch TV when he when he came out in the ninth inning for the Red Sox. I mean, um, he just electric stuff. Um, obviously, last year not a good year, like you said. Came what came uh, in halfway through, couldn't get into his groove. I think with a full spring training and starting in April and getting those hinks out in April instead of June or July, like it's going to be a lot better for him. Um, I'm I'm ready to see him close out some games for the Cubbies, and then Kyle Hendricks, man, I love watching him pitch. Just just pure finesse, um, knows how to get hitters out early and often. I mean, uh, movement on all his pitches. He's he's an old school pitcher, um, and he's he's got to anchor that top of the rotation for for these guys. So um, excited to watch him pitch. And then before we go to the key components, uh, can't can't not mention Javi Baez and Anthony Rizzo and the importance of these guys for for the Chicago Cubs. I mean, both electric players. Uh, both going to be either hitting two or three behind Chris Bryant and um, both great defensively too. So, um, I mean, like we said before, man, all the talent in the world, can they put it together? Yeah. Um, we, we've talked plenty about Javi Baez when we do this podcast. He, both of us think he's maybe the most entertaining watch in all of baseball. And the, the kid's unbelievable. And Rizzo does it year in, year out. Um, these are two guys that they're the staples of this team along with Brian. You know what you're going to get from them. Um, Rizzo's going to give you 100 RBI production, 30-plus home runs, and Baez can give you similar, and he plays a phenomenal defensive shortstop. It's just can these guys around him help out enough to where they can, they can push this team over the edge? Yeah, absolutely. All right, key component for you. Mine is kind of a a mental aspect of this thing, and it's kind of a question, and this could be the last hoorah for this team, and I think that brings a ton of motivation to the table. Um, I think this group is well aware that if they underperform again this year, this whole thing could get blown up. Um, they have to go out and they have to win right now, and I think that puts a chip on basically everyone in that clubhouse shoulders. Um and yeah, I, I think a lot of these guys can step up to the challenge and they'll be up to task and, and ready to play come opening day. But listen, Bryant got shot for a reason. Um, I, I think at the deadline, if this is going to be a tight division, if they fall out even a little bit, we, we can see some crazy things happen in Chicago. Yeah, so mine, mine is somewhat bouncing off of that. It's it's. Um, can David Ross separate, you know, his friendships as a manager? Because he was on that championship team not right. too long ago. Um, can he be a guy, you know, can he become a leader of men in just his first year? Because like you said, this is a fra- this is a possible fragile franchise right now. Like they can end up breaking the entire thing wide open in, you know, by the trade deadline. Um, can he keep it together early and often? And win and help this team win big games, make good decisions early in the season, and have this team up at top of the division and keep them together. Because, like you said, this could be this could be the last year before everything falls apart for them. 
Yeah, I, I mean, like I said, the, this is really it. If they don't do it this year, they, they're probably they got they have to make the playoffs. If they make the playoffs, this group will be kept together. But if they don't, it's probably getting blown up. And you know, I don't think there's uh, too many blurred lines there. I think it's kind of point blank that that's the situation they're going in with. And can can they be up to the task? We're gonna have to find out. Yep, absolutely. All right. Over under DraftKings has them at eighty six and a half wins. Are you over or are you under? I'm actually under. Um, I think the Cubs win eighty three games this year. Go eighty three and seventy nine. I think that they. Uh, it's not hard to see them get to eighty six, eighty seven, and if they add potentially a couple bullpen pieces, maybe another bat or, or some depth off the bench, they could get there. But as I see it right now, I don't think that they're uh, they're at the top of this division. Okay, I'm I'm slight I'm higher on you uh than you on them. I have them, you know, between 87 wins and 88 or 89 wins. Um I I think this I think this year they turn it around. I think David Ross is going to do a hell of a job, but I really do think it does kind of lean on him and it is it's tough as a first year manager, but I think they can do it. I think they can get back to their form and especially if you Darvish like you said is, you know, at top of his game with Hendricks and Lester can and Quintana can fall behind. I think I think this team can win a lot of ball games and uh, and be right there in the thick of things come come uh, September. So uh, don't get me wrong, I, I'm absolutely with you. I I think that they can by all means get there, but I just want to preface all of my decisions here in saying that I think pretty much four of these teams are going to win almost the exact same amount of games, and I think they're going to beat up on each other a lot, and I think the division has to play a lot into uh, what those final records will look like. So I, I agree with you. I definitely think they can get back there, but th- this is a gauntlet right here they're going to have to run through. So that's what makes it tough when we're coming up with win totals. Yeah, certainly. Um, it's it's going to be sketchy. I, <laughs> I think uh, I think all, all the teams in this division could possibly win over 80 games. Um, Maybe besides the Pirates, which we'll talk about later, but it's gonna be it's gonna be a tough one. Um, all right, let's let's move on to an up and coming ball club, uh, the Cincinnati Reds. Um, I mean, we've we've talked about it a couple of months ago, where it's like they started making some of these moves in free agency, and we were like, okay, the Cincinnati Reds are for real, and they're not going anywhere right now. So, um, what do we, what do we have here? What, what kind of team is this gonna be, Joe? This is one of the weirdest turnarounds in like recent baseball memory because two years ago the Reds were just down and out. They they were they were a nobody team. They had no chance of winning anything. And then last offseason they started making these moves that kind of made you like raise your eyebrow, thinking what what the hell are they doing? And they were kind of in no man's land last year. They had a great run differential early, but they were still losing close games constantly. And all of a sudden, toward the second half of that year, you kind of saw them put it together a little bit. The addition of Bauer was huge for them. And now they make a couple of other moves this offseason. You look at that roster and you go, man, this might be a playoff team right here. Um, I'm high on the Reds, dude. I, I think this is a really, really solid team. I love the starting pitching right now. And, yeah, I'm just – I'm really high on this team. Yeah, I'm, I'm going to say – I'm going to go out and say it. I'm equal – with this team to the Cubs, like I think the Reds and the Cubs are going to be the two teams that are slightly above the other teams, but obviously not by much from what we've been saying. But 
I think the Reds have just as much of a chance to win this division as any other team in this division. I 100% agree with you. I And I'll come out and say it right now. I actually believe that this team's going to win this division. All right. And uh, who, who are some of the players that um, are going to be key for them uh, this this year for that, uh, for that to happen? My dude, Shogo Akiyama, my favorite name in baseball right now. Um, I think Shogo's probably hitting leadoff for this team. I think he can provide you somewhere between 15 and 20 home runs. He's going to be on base quite a bit, hit around 280. Um, and I think he can swipe you some bags, play a solid defensive outfield. Like, I think this guy is kind of under the radar because of all the other names that have been added to this team. But he's going to be an everyday player for them, and he's going to be consistent. Um, Shogo's a fun player to watch. He's going to provide spark at the top of that order. So I, I love him as a player. Who do you think he's going to be playing over? Uh, Winker, uh, Senzel. I mean, uh, Sen- Senzel. Senzel. I think, and and ultimately, I actually think that Senzel might get dished. Um, the Padres have been talking to the Reds a lot about him. Um, I think the pa- the Padres actually want to acquire him to play in the outfield, um, which is in which is interesting because I mean he can play infield as well. They could use him up the middle. But I think they want him to play out in center. So I actually end up thinking that Senzel gets moved. Maybe early in the year he gets a, a little bit of a showcase. But ultimately, I think Shogo's starting out there, and he's going to be an everyday player. Okay, because I was going to say, that, I mean, they got they got four guys that can play right now. So yeah, and I mean, I mean Aristides as well. And yeah, I mean, right? They they got a bunch of dudes that could stick out in the outfield, no doubt about it. Yeah, right. I'm I'm high on this kid though. I, I think he's going to be playing every day. I heard it here first, folks. Um, all right, who else? Uh, I mean, is, do you have Joey Votto here? I actually don't. Um, okay. Who I have next is the other. Well, I guess the other big name that's been there for a while, Eugenio Suarez, and it's more mm-hmm. just about health. Uh, he's the best hitter in that lineup all around. He's going to bat in that three spot. It's hurt right now. They're saying hopefully he's going to be ready for opening day. Um, that would be huge for him, for them. And, if again, if you play fantasy baseball, this guy's ADP is down because of the injury. So he's someone you could jump on and add to your team uh, a little bit earlier before anyone else gets on him. But th- this guy, point blank, one of the best hitters in the National League, incredible third baseman. Um, he's got to stay healthy if they want to win ball games. plain and simple. Henio Suarez is, is a dog. This dude can play play some baseball, man. He's uh, he's a, he's a great he's a great watch for the Cincinnati Reds. And you know, I, finally they're kind of somewhat on the radar because I mean Cincinnati, man. They used to be nothing. No one cared about the Cincinnati Reds, you know, like <laughs> for a decently long time. And now it's like, all right, we got we got to watch the Reds because they're fun. Um, they are guys that can really hit. Um, and, you know, I think they're coming together and he's going to be a huge part of that. Um, and for me, across, across the diamond, Joey Votto, like, he's just as, as important. He, I forgot the crazy stat it was. It was like he hadn't hit a pop-up, like, in his career <laughs> to the infield until last year. It was insane. Yeah, man. He, and now, last year was a down year for him, but to, to have a guy like Votto in your two-hole, which is probably what he's going to be doing, I mean, as long as he's just 
a little bit better than he was last year. I mean, you're looking at a, an extremely solid two hitter and one that's probably better than most teams. I don't, I don't necessarily think like as a fantasy baseball player, you're going to get production of, you know, the 30 plus home run, like MVP Joey Votto from back in the day. Yeah. But nonetheless, he is still a solid baseball player. And I think people are starting to sleep on him and kind of think he's over the hill. I think he's another player that's going to have a chip on his shoulder this year. Yeah, he's he's the definition of consistency for me. It's like you, you know what you're getting out of Joey Votto. He's not going to strike out. Um, he's going to put the ball in play. Good left, good lefty bat. Um, so, all right, any any more hitters? Uh, no, I'm actually three arms after that. So if you got right. any hitters you want to talk about, no, nah, I mean, it, means. May, maybe Nick Castellanos. Can he can he you know prove right. that he belongs in a in a new city and. I mean, he picked Cincinnati, basically. You know, he had a couple couple spots where he could have chosen from, and he was like, I want to go play for the Reds. So, um, you know, hopefully he, you know, steps up and becomes a big power bat for him. Um, I mean, guy stinks in the outfield, but. Uh, yeah, that's the big thing. <laughs> I, I was kind of surprised he went to a National League team because realistically he could have found an American League team where he could have DH'd. But, yeah, the thing with – you know he's going to hit. It's He's kind of like a Schwarber situation. Can can his offense be enough to to kind of balance off the defensive ineptitude out there? I mean, he's not good. Well, we can just leave it at that. Yeah. All right. All right. Let's let's go to your arms here. The main one's Trevor Bauer. Um, huge acquisition for them last year. This guy is just he's so much fun, man. I love Trevor Bauer. Just what he's going to bring to that clubhouse. Forget about him pitching and the baseball alone. He's just a guy you want to be around, a guy you want to go out there and play for every fifth day. Um, and he's going to be the innings eater for this team. Uh, Castillo's going to be the guy probably at the top of the rotation, him or Sonny Gray. I think Bauer kind of falls in that 2-3 spot, but he's going to be the one who throws more than anyone. He's going to throw you probably about 220 innings, maybe even more, throw you 140 pitches a start because he's a nut. And – He's going to be your workhorse guy out there. I, I really think that uh, bringing a guy like him into this clubhouse is something that goes far beyond, you know, the X's and O's. It's his personality, his attitude, everything. He's he's going to be huge for this team. Oh, absolutely. He's 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 a guy. He was a huge addition. I think he might even be the biggest addition that they that they acquired. Um, I mean, last year anyway. And uh, he's he's going to be a guy that um, really anchors that middle of the rotation and swings it. You know, uh, he's he's going to be a very important piece for this team. Um, and like you said, behind Castillo and possibly Sonny Gray, who unbelievably turned around last year, um, got away from the New York Crazies, and, you know, into Cincinnati, and you you can see how good he is as a pitcher. Um, this top of the rotation is solid. Really, really, really solid. And, dude, did you see Bauer the other day just calling his pitches in his was, spring training game? Yep. <laughs> just, just ridiculous. The guy's so much fun, man. And, yeah, so another guy I wanted to talk, wanted to talk about is Sonny Gray and kind of the resurgence. Um, and, look, I think that ballpark in New York scares pitchers, man. They they don't want to let up the long ball. Um Sonny Gray is not necessarily the overpowering type of pitcher. He, he's a f- little bit of a finesse guy, too. And it's tough for a guy like that to, to find confidence in a ballpark like Yankee Stadium where, you know, you pop up a fly ball to left field and 
it's it's in the second deck. Um, he came back. To, he was out there in Cincinnati last year, threw a lot of innings, and threw really well the whole time, the whole season, really. Um, he was a guy that wasn't even getting drafted in fantasy baseball drafts. You, you could have picked him up far after, which is crazy to think about right now because he could potentially be the ace of a division-winning team right here. Uh, he's back to the guy he was in Oakland. I think getting the pressure out of being in New York helps him out. Maybe just being in the small market scenario is, is something that works for him and fits better. But, yeah, Sonny Gray's back, man. And if he's, if he's that guy he was – what three years ago a one two three punch of Castillo Gray and Bauer that that's as solid as you're gonna get yeah that's that's serious that's serious right there I mean you go into a five game series and these three guys are pitching the first three games like there's a good chance they win two out of three of those games for sure yeah 100% agree um and look Bauer and Gray are both guys who you could throw out on that fourth day. Like they, they, they're not going to need that fifth day rest. Like this is a, a rotation that's almost built for playoff baseball. They, they'll be ready to go. Yeah, for sure. All right. Any more arms? Oh yeah. And then, wow. I thought that was the fifth one already. Uh, Rizel Iglesias is, he's another one. We talked about Brad Hand last week, just a closer that's not really talked about. Iglesias is another one, man. He's just, Really, really good. Absolutely filthy stuff. Um, I think he, he's going to strike out a lot of hitters. He's going to probably get you close to 40 saves this year because this team's going to win a lot of ball games, and he is without question the guy coming out in the ninth inning every single time he has to. Um, yeah, man, I, I think stability at the back end of the bullpen is an extremely important thing, especially for teams that are going to be in tight, tight and meaningful games. So he, he's going to be an important piece to this team as well. Yeah, Iglesias, um, he's, he's got some lights out stuff. He's, he's a guy that I would literally never want to get into a box against. Just like the movement on his fastball and then just his downhill demeanor. Like, uh, yeah. no, no thanks, dude. Like, <laughs> no he, thanks. he can embarrass hitters up there for sure. Like yeah. just, make, just make you look silly and almost make you look – like you're like he intimidates hitters point blank he'll make you look scared for sure yeah i mean yeah this this team man they could be fun um all right what's what's the key component for their potential playoff contention here mine is the the surplus of talent on the bench um i i think that depth is a plus for this team where as some other teams in this division and across baseball really i i don't necessarily think depth is uh an asset for them. I think it's actually something that'll hinder certain teams. Um, guys like Dietrich right now, Senzel's there. We'll see what happens with him. Um, Aquino, like there, there's guys off the bench that if they were everyday players could pop out 30 home runs a year. Like De- Dietrich had, you want to talk about a turnaround last year. That guy, he's another one like Bauer. He's a nut man. He's a, but he's a good clubhouse guy as well. Um, so I, I think the, the depth on this team is huge. And then my other, my other thing would just be they, they need to find production out of the six, seven, and eight spots in the order. So that's likely going to be Freddie Galvis, Tucker Barnhart, and then either Jesse Wenker, Dietrich, Senzel, whoever it might be, that other outfield spot. I think those six, seven, and eight hitters are they're The top of the order is going to be where most of the production comes from, but these guys are going to have to contribute on some level, and I, I just want to see how well they can do. 
Yeah. So um, those are all, those are all very good points for, for me. Um, you know, as another bullet point would be just worry about baseball. I seem like this team last year was worried about a lot of other things. Um, you know, Amir Garrett was chasing dudes with his fist raised <laughs> yeah. into the other dugout. Oh, I mean, man. just, I think if this team just plays baseball the way they can play baseball, like their, their game will just speak for itself. Um, I mean, obviously having a personality like Trevor Bauer and Amir Garrett, um, and a couple of the other, these other guys, like, you know, they're good personalities. They're great for, great for the game. But I think if they were to worry about baseball more, like this team could be dangerous and I think they can make the playoffs this year. Yeah. I'm a hundred percent with you. Um, keep your head in the game for sure. But I, I generally do like the, the crazy personalities they have on this team. And that's for lack of a better term. I just, I don't know really how to put it. They, they just have some characters over there. But I, I think if they reel it in and focus on baseball, you're exactly right. This is a playoff team right here. All right. So they're over under through DraftKings is 83 and a half. I think we're both over here. Yeah, I'm over. I got them at 87 and 75 winning this division. Um, I think 86, 87 games is the mark here. I don't think uh, any team in this division gets to 90. Um, I think the Reds, with that rotation, have the best chance to do it. I, I see them winning 87 games and uh, ultimately going to the playoffs. Yeah, I, I also have them um, roughly 87 wins here. So, um, for me, it's going to be between them and the Cubbies. Um, and it's going to be right there. Um, if, if the Reds make the playoffs, I think it's going to be fun, man. That's, that'll be, that'll be great for the game. Um, Cincinnati back in the playoffs. <clears throat> All right, yeah. moving on to moving on to the Milwaukee Brewers, who had a hot run in September last year, even without Christian Yelich, which is slightly absurd. Um, Not slightly. It was just <laughs> – I don't even know what the word is. That was just insane what they were doing. Yeah, they weren't I, losing. They, they were not losing. Yeah, and all right. And now they, they lose um, Mike Moustakis, but they pick up Avi Garcia. Uh, they got Eric Sogar back from, from the Rays. Um, and, um, I mean, they have some talent here. Uh, I think they have less talent than they did in previous seasons, but, uh, wh where are you at with the Milwaukee Brewers here? Who are some of the guys that are going to be key factors for them going forward this year? I'm with you. Uh, I do think they have less talent than they did probably the last two years, but I actually think their rotation might be a little bit better. I think they have some guys that, have some pretty good stuff, uh, strike out hitters at a pretty good rate. Um, Woodruff at the top kind of scares me cause he's kind of a, a two pitch pitcher really. But, um, the guy I want to talk about in that rotation is Adrian Hauser. He's probably going to start the season as the number two. Um, I think he provides another level of stability there, which they have not had. We know in the previous two years, this team's had no issue putting runs on the board, but they, have had major issues keeping runs off the board. Um, they play in a hitter-friendly ballpark, and to play in a ballpark like that, you need guys who are going to shut it down. I think Hauser is a guy who's who's got some pretty good upside, and he has an ability to do that. So I think he might be the single most important pitcher in this rotation this year. Yeah, he's 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 got to be up there in the rotation for them. Um, I mean, like you said, the hitters-friendly ballpark, I mean, they need some guys that can – 
keep the ball in the ballpark, limit the home runs. Um, I think he's a guy that could do that. And if he does do that, along with Woodruff, um, who does also slightly scare me, but he does have – he is talented pitcher. Um, I think they need two guys that can be solid, you know, day in and day out when they pit, when they take the mound. And I think Hauser's going to be that guy that needs to step up for him. So I'm right there with you on him. Yeah. Um, and then the other arm I want to talk about with this team is in the bullpen, and it's not the guy you think it is. Um, I would like to see if Corey Knable can get healthy and get back into that closer role. Wow, that is that is awesome. I have him right here, Corey Knable, and I was going to say the almost the exact same thing. That's beautiful. That's <laughs> so yeah, we can we can build on this. This is great. Um, look, I, I really think the Brewers want him to be the closer. That's what he was brought in to do. And Hader was a guy who can come in and and really throw innings. Um, he what he wasn't there to to be the closer. Um, he kind of just had to fill that role when Knable went down. Um, I listen, I think if this guy can get back and healthy and you can start bringing Hader out in, in the seventh rather than waiting till late in the eighth, the ninth inning to bring him into the game, I think that gives you a much better opportunity to win games if your starters are only able to go four or five innings. So I, I think Canable is an extremely important piece to this team, not merely just because of the pitcher he is, but the way the bullpen shakes out uh, because of him being there. So yeah, he, he's got to be, I would assume, uh, a guy they still want to close there in Milwaukee. Yeah, so if, for the Brutes, if you can piece things together with only two or three guys out of the pen instead of, like, five, which they were doing last year, um, and that'll be huge for him. And Knable is going to be that guy. Like, if he's back and healthy and he's pitching like he did uh, two seasons ago, I mean, a one-two punch of Hader and Knable is – nothing you want to face i mean absolute lights out electric stuff um coming in at the end of the game to shut the door and if canable can do that and like you said hey bring hater as a seventh eighth inning guy i mean you know especially because they have to face three batters now like um these are guys that are both gonna have to step up and i think canable the the more important one um anyway moving on uh so i guess going back towards hitters um Obviously, the main one would be Christian Yelich that everybody in the world knows just signed a big contract. Um, who are a couple other guys swinging the stick for you uh, for the Brewers that are important? Yeah, sh- shout out to Christian Yelich for taking a pay cut to stay in Milwaukee. I, I can respect <laughs> that. For real, dude. He got, uh, what he got, $188 million? What was Mike Trout's contract? I mean, the, the the difference is ridiculous. He's getting like 140 something million less or whatever the hell it is, so. Yeah. For real, I mean that. Shout out to him because clearly he wants to be in Milwaukee. So he took a pay cut to be there, and I, I can appreciate that. Um, but one you touched on earlier in acquisition this offseason, a guy I know you like, Avisail Garcia, I think is a huge addition to this team. You lose Moustakis, but I think in Garcia, you probably add another 25 to 30 home run guy. Um, didn't hit that many last year, but I think going to Miller Park, being able to hit in the stadium, I think he could get to that 30 mark. Um, he's probably an 80 home or 80 RBI guy too. Um, so yeah, I, I think him slotting in in that five, six spot in the order is going to be massive for them. Yeah. I actually like Avi Garcia and I think he brings a different, um, aspect to the team where he can actually swipe some bags too. The guy's fast, yeah, right? He's sneaky fast for a big guy. Um, 
Yeah, he can swipe bags. He beats out infield infield hits. He hustles. Pretty decent outfielder too. Um, so, I mean, between uh, Yelich, uh, Kane, and Avi Garcia out there in the outfield, like I don't think many balls are going to fall in. So it's a pretty big addition for him. Yeah, there there's not uh, an overwhelming amount of ground to cover out there in the outfield as it is. And when you got these three guys tracking balls, I'm right there with you. If that ball doesn't get out of the stadium, it's probably not getting down. So, yeah, I mean, this is going to be a solid outfield, a lot of speed, um, and they're going to need that kind of dynamic because the, I don't necessarily think the power is going to be in that lineup uh, like it has been in previous years. Yeah, no, I agree with you right there. Um, and Anyone else? Oh, this was a tough one because I could I could go into talking about Lorenzo Cain and how I think he probably needs to steal at a minimum 20 to 25 bags this year uh, at the top of that lineup because he's not necessarily the same hitter he was in Kansas City in terms of average and whatnot. Um, but Keiston Hira is a guy who's probably going to bat fourth and bat right behind Christian Yelich. And because he's going to hit behind Christian Yelich, he's going to have a lot of opportunity. Um, and let's face it, at that second base spot, there's not a ton of offensive production around the league. And he's a guy that's going to pop out probably uh, 20 plus home runs and, and get you close to 80, 90 RBIs. So I think having the luxury of having a guy who plays second base hitting in the four spot in the lineup is, is going to be huge for them. And I think he's just a dynamic player in general guy. I'm excited to watch play. So he's another one for me. He's going to have to be massive for them. Yeah. Here, here is a guy that I have here. He's um, a young player stud, uh, plays a smooth second base, hits for power. Um, going to be near the top of the order, probably in the four spot, like you said, and he's going to be a huge part for this team. Um, I'm excited to watch him for a full season this year. Uh, nothing but high expectations for this guy, and I, I think he does it. I think he is a solid player throughout his entire career. Um, all right, moving on to uh, key components. What's your key component for the Brew Crew this year? My key component is – that aside from Yelich in the middle of the order, they have to get offensive production. Hira, Avi Garcia, and uh, Justin Smoke are going to have to be guys that provide pop, drive runs across the plate. It can't just be Yelich. Um, now, granted, I'm saying that, and we previously talked about them losing Yelich last year and going on that crazy run, but I, I just have to be honest in saying that's not happening again. There's no way they could do that again. If if Yelich isn't hitting well or he goes down, those are the guys they need to, to provide the spark. And I, I'm curious to see if they could do it because it's an interestingly built lineup this year. It's a different one than we've seen in previous years. So we're, it's a, it's a wait and see kind of thing right now. Um, but I'm, I'm hoping that yeah, they can get Yelich can get some help behind him. Cause if he does, this is a team that's going to be right there in contention again. Yeah, yeah, mine's pretty much the same thing. It was protection for Christian Yelich. Um, have Christian Yelich possibly hit in the, in the two-hole um, and then have, you uh, know, Avi or Hira behind him um, really hit for power this year. Uh, Ryan Braun hit for power too. Um, I mean, he's old as hell now, but uh, <laughs> I mean, if, you know. You think he's, you think he's still reaping the benefits of the gains he got like 10 years ago before that suspension? Uh, possibly, possibly. I don't know. Um, but I mean, you know, he'll, he'll, he'll be in between first base with smoke probably. Um, don't know how good he's going to be over there, but, um, 
I mean, you know, if if the first base spot can get them 30 home runs or so, I think that would be huge for them between him and Smoke. So um, that's, a, that's a pretty key part of their, their team too. So, um, and then at the corner at third base, I don't know what they're going to do. Maybe Sogard. Eric Sogard, man. Yeah, yeah. I, I really think that's what it's going to be. And I, I – he could bat leadoff, dude. He's either going to bat one or eight. It, it's just it yeah. depends on how they. It depends how they want to go with it. Um, but man, imagine Eric Sogard starting for what was a playoff team, hitting in the one hole next year, or not next year, in a couple months, or in a month, Jesus. But I, I just I can't believe that's where they're at at third base. But I mean, you got to make do with what you got. So th- that's what they're going to be going with. I mean, to be fair. Um... If he was healthy for the Rays, he I think he would have been in the starting lineup for the Rays in the postseason a couple of times. So um <laughs> don't 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 get me wrong. I, I don't think he's a bad player by any means. I, I just think at the third base position you're probably looking for uh some more power. Uh, yeah, not probably, not yeah. not not a guy that's batting lead off, you know. Like I, I look at Eric Sogard as more of a, a second baseman in terms of offensive production than I would a third baseman. So that that's yeah. just kind of the point I I want to make. No, I, no, I, I agree with that. Um, although second base is starting to become you know a little little bit of a power spot. Um, I'm I'm digging it, dude. There was a real dry spell for a couple years where second base was like you could look at any team and every single day there was different guys starting because you couldn't you couldn't find consistency at the position. It's different now, and I'm happy about it. Yeah, for sure. All right, moving on to over unders. Uh, Brewers are at 82 and a half, according to DraftKings. Where are you at with them? I'm over. I'm at 83 and 79, the exact same record as the Cubs. I think these teams are going to finish basically dead even and probably for different reasons. The Brewers are going to be all offense and the Cubs being because that pitching uh, gets a little bit better from last year. So, yeah, I think they win the exact same amount of games. I have I have them uh, winning eighty two games, so I guess slightly under by half. Yeah, a game. you're <laughs> you're slightly under. I'm slightly over, both by half a game. Gotta yeah. love it. Eighty two and a half on this team is uh, extremely Spot accurate. On. Yeah. Spot on. Yeah. All right, let's let's move on to a lower team that will probably fly through real quick. The Pittsburgh Pirates, um, the loser of all trades. Um, <laughs> You just have to throw it out there every time we talk about them, don't you? Every time. I mean, they there was a video of Glass now throwing a curveball on Twitter the other day, and I literally quoted the uh, the Pittsburgh Pirates, and I said, "Thank you." Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's good. Oh, yeah. Anyway. Can can you just appreciate the Austin Meadows and Tyler Glass now instead of rubbing it in their face? Nope. Got to do both. <laughs> All right, moving on. Uh, all right, Pittsburgh Pirates, key players. Uh, I'll start with one. Uh, it's Josh Bell. If, if Josh Bell can do any sort of repetition from last year, um, that'll really help his team. So he's, he's my guy. Yeah, jo- Josh Bell is the face of the franchise right now. He's the guy. He's batting four. And really, this team, I mean, I don't ever want to say no chance, but I really don't think this team is, is going to compete in this division. Um, I'll go out and say it ahead of time. I have them under their win total. I don't. I don't think they get up to that seventy mark. I think they're probably under there. Um, so for me, it, it's going to be the Josh Bell race to forty, fifty home runs for them all year. He's going to be the guy you're tuning in to watch pretty much. And yeah, he's going to be. 
he's the guy that's got to basically provide all the power for this lineup because aside from him, there's really not much. Yeah. And then, and then following them would be kind of a two, two player tandem for me between Brian Reynolds and Colin Moran. Are you, are you kind of with me there? I'm with you on Reynolds. Um, Moran, I was more high on before he came up, uh, having seen him play a few times and, or more than a few times and, and really got having like, dived into to what he does as a player I'm, I'm not necessarily as high on him and I don't think the upside is okay uh crazy through the roof um but I, I still think he can be a solid major league player I just don't think he's ever going to develop into what they hope he would he would be yeah no I was more looking at for for things that are going to possibly be consistencies for this team um because everywhere else doesn't really seem like yeah anything. yeah I got you yeah so, Moran I mean Moran's gonna play 3B every day probably yeah exactly so, yeah. and then From Reynolds that, and left field every day yeah yeah 100 percent. i'm with you on both of those those guys are going to be in the lineup every day 100 percent. do you have any more bats or you kind of slide yeah arms? i just just one and it's kevin newman okay. um think he's a really underrated player um hits for a high average could be a 15 and 15 guy steal you 15 bases hit you 15 home runs um gonna be on base a lot i just the thing is, Cole Tucker's behind him, so he has to perform early. Otherwise, it's possible he could lose his position and ultimately end up being moved to a team that could use that middle infield help. Um, but I, I think he's a really solid player. Nothing jumps off the page at you, but he's just consistency a lineup like this needs at the top. So I, I think he's another important player right there with Bell for them. Yeah, I was going to ask you where you were at between Tucker and, and Newman. Um, you're more on the, the Newman side, probably. Well, all right. So here's, like, I think Cole Tucker has more upside and probably is the better the better all-around player. But I just don't necessarily think he's going to get that time early in the season. I, I think it's Newman's job to lose. And mm-hmm. I don't necessarily think he's going to go out there and lose it. I think that if he can go out there and hit 280 again, and he's going to swipe bags and, and give you some offensive production. He's a guy they may want to keep and uh, see it play out a little bit more before anointing Tucker to that spot. Yeah, I'm, I'm probably with you on that. Um, I think they both have a good amount of talent. It just depends on kind of what this team wants to do moving forward. Um, they probably won't want to pay either of them, so they'll both end up leaving. Uh, yeah, and, and I don't <laughs> think it's far – I'm with you, and I don't think it's far-fetched to think Newman can slot over at second base either. So Yeah. I think that's always a possibility as well. Yeah, that's kind of what I was thinking too. I mean, Frazier's over there, but I mean, he's uh-huh. you know, I mean, he's 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 a fine ball player. I mean, like I think this team is just a bunch of fine baseball players. Like uh, on the realistic side, I mean, it's yeah, nothing jumps off the page here. Um, but let's let's move on to arms. Uh, who are going to be some of the the arms that need to be steady and consistent for the Pirates this year? Uh, Keone Kayla. He's quietly, like, just really, 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 really good. Um, he was hurt for a large stretch last year, but when he came back, the last 18 innings he threw, he had a .5 ERA and was just blowing everybody out of the water. Um, throws 96-plus, has electric stuff. Um, he's their closer right now. He's just not going to have much opportunity to close out games in Pittsburgh. Um, I think that as long as he pitches well early in the year, he becomes a trade piece for them and he's going to bring them in a large hole because there will be plenty of playoff teams looking for an arm like that out of the bullpen. So uh, I think he's 
huge for them in the sense that he's going to bring in a lot of the future talent we see on the field there in Pittsburgh. Yeah, no, I'm with you on him. He's, uh, he's, he's going to bring in, should bring in a large haul for the pirates, but who knows with uh, their general manager, what, what they're going to get in return. But I think he's, I think he's out by the deadline for him. Yeah, I 100% agree. He, he's got to be. As long as he's healthy and pitching well, he's gone. All right. Any starting pitchers that you're looking at this year? So, I, I love Joe Musgrove as a pitcher, and he was one I would have loved to talk about. I talked about him a, a good amount last year, but Chris Archer is the one for me. Um, he's probably going to be the guy at the top of the rotation, and if not, he'll be number two behind uh, Musgrove. And his strikeout numbers are still really good, but, man, he just – when he pitches to contact, the ball flies off the bat, and he needs to be more like the guy we saw in Tampa Bay than the guy we've seen since he's come over to Pittsburgh. Um, I don't know that he could put it back together, but I'm curious to see because if this team's going to win games, he's got to do it. Yeah, no, uh, it's it's Archer for me too. Um, uh, you know, he's got to keep – the ball in the ballpark really I mean his I don't know the exact numbers on him but every time I watched him pitch it was like dudes were just roping the ball off of him yeah um, hard, hard hit contact <laughs> is a big problem for him yeah so I mean if um keeps strikeout numbers up contact numbers down um I, I think it'll be okay um and I mean he was he was a hell of a pitcher for for pretty big stretch when he was with the Rays so I think he can get sort of back towards that not fully to what he was but um, if he gets near that uh, potential then then he'll be all right and so are the Pirates um, all right key component for the Pirates here it's got to be sell 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 for me um, you're getting good production out of guys that ultimately aren't going to be there forever you, you got to move off them and you got to build this farm um, there's certain teams we're going to talk about while, when we do these previews where they're just clear-cut bottom of the division, and it, it's not about right now. It's about gearing toward the future. And a guy like Archer is another arm that if he's pitching well, they, they could end up moving off of him. Um, Kevin Newman, uh, Keone Kella, like there's there's just plenty of guys. Gre- even Gregory Polanco is another guy like there are plenty of guys on this team that they could move to end up gearing up for the future. So I, I think that's the, the main goal for the pirates this season. Yeah, no. Yeah. Mine is, mine is get assets back. Um, I mean, for, for your pieces, that's, I mean, pretty much the exact same thing. I don't think this team is going anywhere this year. Um, if they shock the world, then, you know, maybe you keep some of these guys, but I doubt that happens. Um, the over under through DraftKings is 69 and a half. You said you're under that? Yeah, I'm under that. I, I think they win probably around 66, 67 games. I don't think they get to 70. Division's too tough. I think they move off pieces at the deadline, and ultimately that'll that'll hinder that total. Yeah, I'm slightly under as well. I have them at 68 wins uh, or 69. I mean, it's just it's going to be tough for them, like you said. I mean, it's a tough division. Um, it's, uh, I don't know, not enough pitching. It's just – it's going to be a tough year for them. Um, hopefully they just keep their heads and, you know, and don't lose more than 110 games or something. I don't know. <laughs> I mean, I mean, sometimes you get your head down, man. You get your head down and start losing games, losing pieces and things like that. It's, it's tough for a ball club sometimes. 
Um, no, I, I agree with you. And for a lot of guys that are in that clubhouse looking forward, it's like, man, what do we even have to look forward to next year? It's kind of looks like it's going to be the exact same thing. So yeah, yeah, I'm with you. Key keeping the confidence in that clubhouse is going to be key for them. And whoever is managing that team, he, they have a tough job ahead of them. It, it doesn't matter if, you know, this year, next year, the year after, whoever's in charge, they're going to have a tough job. Yeah, I mean, it doesn't help when uh, the ownership and GM just doesn't want to spend any money on good players or keep good players. So it's yeah, it's, it's tough. it happens. It's tough for them. All right, moving on to the fifth and final team, uh, the St. Louis Cardinals, a playoff team last year, uh, shocked the world against the Braves in that crazy first inning that they had where they scored like 10 runs I yeah believe I mean I couldn't believe that because especially like if we look at it right now like uh, however many months removed the Braves roster just looks so much better than the Cardinals like oh, so yeah. much better oh in every which way I mean it's oh it's unreal um the, uh, anyway I think the Braves would have actually had a way better chance to beat the Nationals. That would have been that would have been interesting. Um, all right, moving on. All right, Cardinals, five key players. Who you got? All right, so this roster really, aside from losing Marcelo Zuna, they didn't really go out and add anyone and do much of anything this offseason. They kind of just kept the same group together, and I don't necessarily think that's going to bode well for them. Um, but – you know, on that point, one of my key guys is going to be Paul DeYoung. Um, he's got to keep the power numbers up from that shortstop position. Uh, he's going to bat right behind Goldschmidt, probably in that four spot again. And he needs to put up 30 home runs yet again. Um, tough to get that from a shortstop. He's a guy that provides that power. And he 100% has to do it again this year. Because if we look up and down that lineup, aside from him and Goldschmidt, the two balls, there's not much uh, – not much coming uh, on the power side of things. Yeah, my guy is DeYoung as well. Um, and for me, the, I think the power numbers will be there. But, I mean, you can't be hitting 233 as a shortstop, bro. Uh, you mm-hmm. <laughs> Got to get it up a little bit. Um, help this team out. Uh, I mean, he plays a good shortstop. I'll give him that. Um, you know, power hitter, 30 home run guy. But the, the average needs to come up just a little bit because, I mean, can't afford for this guy to hit 230 in the middle of the order. Just – Especially with Matt Carpenter, like, not being good anymore. Um, yeah, but – and Matt Carpenter, again, spring training, got a back issue. Like, yeah, ev- every single year. Yeah, he, I so. mean, he he's looking like – you know, he's looking from the outside in right now in the starting lineup. Um, yeah, I, I don't think he – that Carpenter is going to be a starter for this team this year by any stretch. I, no. I think he's a utility guy, and that's about it. Yeah, that's that's where he's at. So I mean, Deong got to step up, hit two sixty, um, keep the power numbers up too, um, and then I mean, you still got Yadier Molina as anchoring the staff. He's obviously one of the most important players that they have. Um, but I mean, this team, I don't know, I don't know how many runs are going to score. Honestly, it's it's looking thin, man, for me. Yeah, it it looks really thin. I'm right there with you. I think they needed to add to this to this lineup and. They literally did nothing. They stayed put, and I, I guess that uh, ownership and management, they, they feel like they have a good squad put together right here. But a lot's going to end up falling on the, the shoulders of this pitching staff because 
the reality is I don't think that this lineup is going to put up too many runs this year. Yeah, no, I'm, I'm right there with you. Um, there, you know, it com- comes down to Jack Flaherty, uh, Michaelis, and uh, Dakota Hudson, uh, Wainwright, if I can't believe he's still pitching the way he is pitching. Um, yeah, that guy's unbelievable. Man. Yeah, <laughs> unbelievable, man. Uh, yeah, they got, they got to anchor this entire team. Um, I don't think they're going to score a lot of runs this year. Um, I mean, yeah, I mean, they should have added a guy. I mean, Harrison Bader, he's a fine player. Um, I mean, I think O'Neill is going to be a good player for them this year. But, I mean, Dexter Fowler, like, he couldn't even hit the broadside of a barn last year. Like, <laughs> I mean, the dude stunk. And then yeah, they're relying on Tommy Edmond. Like, Tommy Edmond, I think, is going to be good, too. But they're relying on a lot of things to really work in their favor. And they really don't know that it's going to. Yeah, I, I actually like Tommy Edmonds, a name you mentioned, and he's actually one of my key players. I actually like him more than most people, and it's just the versatility he brings. I think he's a guy that could be out there every day playing kind of any position, kind of like a Jeff McNeil kind of guy almost. Um, he provides some speed on the bases too. But I, I'm I'm right there with you. I mean, there was so so much talent out there in free agency this year, and they, they decided to not – at any bats um a lot of these guys play solid outfield um you know hit halfway decent but they're not enough to push them over the top and I think that's what they needed um bringing Marcelo Zuna back would have been huge for them I don't know if they chose not to or he chose to to leave I don't know what the situation was there but that that's a huge loss for them and I don't think that they did anything to to fill that hole yeah, no, I, I think I think staying put was was the wrong thing to do for this team, um, especially where they were last year. I mean, they were right there, you know. They were in in the division series. It's like, why move backwards when we can move forwards? You know, it it doesn't really make a ton of sense for me, um, uh-huh. unless they know something about Marcelo Zuna that we don't. Uh, then then I'm lost. But um, he would have been a huge addition to bring back. Um, and yeah, I mean the power power of the outfield. I don't know if it's there. I mean, they got some speed. I'll give them that. Uh, O'Neill has a lot of potential, um, but I don't know, man. Dexter Fowler, like, I just don't know what he's going to bring to the table this year. I mean, the guy is just declining year in and year out. You know. Yeah, I think Edmund could end up playing a lot of center field. Uh, I think that you know a month in, if Fowler looks like he did last year, he might find himself on the bench. Yeah, probably. Uh, yeah, Edmund, Edmund's going to bounce around from third, third to right field, to left field, um, second base, you know. He's, he's guy can play around. everywhere. Yeah, so, he's an all-around guy. Yeah. I like him. He switched hits, too, if I'm not mistaken. Um, he's, he's a good player. Um, yeah, and I, I like the stolen base potential with him, too. I, I think he can pr- provide some uh, speed on the bases as well. He's, he's an underrated player. Not many people talk about him or really know much about him, but Cardinals fans will get to know him this year because he's going to be out there every day. Absolutely. All right. Any any arms that are uh, really key for you, probably besides Flaherty? Yeah, Flaherty is obviously the glaring one. Guy's unbelievable. Um, but Miles, uh, Michaelis, Michaelis, however you you, pron- you want to pronounce it, uh, he's got to stay healthy, man. Because look, coming into last year, he was a guy that a lot of people were touting as a breakout, a potential breakout star. Um, the health has been an issue for him. I'm, I'm hoping to see him, you know, throw between one, that 150, 200 inning mark this year and, and really get to show exactly what he has. Um, 
he could end up being a, a really solid two behind Flaherty and providing them with a one-two punch that can go up with most teams in baseball. So, uh, yeah, his, his health is huge for me. Yeah, it's between Hudson and, and Michaelis for me. Um, I like both of them. Uh, Michaelis obviously needs to stay healthy. Um, I think Hudson is solid. Um, and it's going to be it's going to be the pitching for this team if if they stay consistent and they pick up a bat or something I still think they'll be a decent ball club this year um, and then the bullpen I mean I don't know what's good with Andrew Miller uh, yeah dude, I mean no one does like dude's what, just uncomfortable I don't I don't know I mean designated for assignment <laughs> like I, I don't yeah that that guy you want to talk about falling off your eye horse sheesh yeah, so I'm I'm not sure about their bullpen situation. I think their starting pitching is going to be pretty pretty damn good this year. Bullpen a little shaky, outfield a little shaky. Um, the the one guy in the bullpen I really like that um, you know he's he's not a household name by any stretch is John Gant. Um, that's a guy who who could probably throw you ninety plus innings out of the bullpen this year, eighty to ninety innings out of the bullpen this year. Like he's a stud. He he pitched a ton for them last year. Was one quietly one of the better relievers in all of baseball. So I think he's going to need to do that again this year, especially if, if Andrew Miller's got uh, voices in his head or whatever the hell's going on with him. Got the, got the yips. Yeah. The yips for sure. <laughs> all right. Um, key component for you, for, for the cards. Uh, the main one for me is where does the power come from outside of the two balls? Um, the three, four spots in the order is where the power is going to come from. They have some guys at the top, a guy in Colton Wong, who's just a really consistent player, constantly puts the ball in play. Like they have guys that'll put the ball in play, but they're going to need to drive those runs across the plate. And aside from those three, four spots, I don't know where they're going to get that production. Yeah, I'm kind of there with you. And then bouncing off that, it's it's depth for me. Just I don't think they have a ton of it. Um, obviously, Matt Carpenter is a good guy to come off the bench, you know, as a veteran guy. Um, but other than that, I mean, they lost Jose Martinez to the Rays. I think that was a huge loss, too. I mean, yeah, 100%. Losing the power of Martinez and Ozuna, like, I just don't see the depth here. Um, if anyone were to get hurt in that outfield, like, I don't know who they have that can play outfield after that. Um, it's going to be tough for me to really hop on this team. Um, their over under is 85 and a half. Where are you at with that? I'm under, and I actually think that this is one of the easiest unders uh, out of any team across baseball. Uh, I don't think they get to 80 this year. I think they win 79 games. I think they're about six games, seven games under that total. Um, look, I love the pitching, but I just don't see it with that lineup. I don't see where the production comes from, and, and I think that they struggle for a good portion of the year. Yeah, so I'm under as well. Uh, I have them between 82 and 84 wins, um, but I think could could potentially be lower. Uh, if, I mean, if one of their outfielders gets hurt, I think it's significantly lower. Like it's not enough depth for me. Um, if Michaelis isn't healthy, that hurt that hurts them too. So, you know, as the season gets closer, I might knock off a few wins from them. Honestly, um, but right now I got them between 82 and 84 wins. So. Um, yeah, pretty pretty muffled up division here. Uh, you have, yeah, man, real crazy division right here. So your winner is Cincinnati Reds. Yeah, I got it. Cincinnati, and then the Cubs and Brewers tied at eighty three wins underneath them. 
the Cardinals coming in in the fourth spot and the Pirates somewhere way below everybody else. All right, I, I got the Cubbies and the Reds, almost exact same records, and the Brewers, Cards, Pirates. Um, going to be a fun one, man. It's uh, I mean, if I guess if you like NL Central, beat up on each other baseball. It's uh, it's great stuff. Both Central divisions are going to be kind of beat up on each other divisions at the top, at least. Um, yeah. The listen, the Central's kind of been for a few years kind of been the Indians then it was the Cubs and Cardinals and that that was really it now those divisions are fun we we get to see a little bit of parody there so I'm happy about that man parody in baseball is always great no yeah for sure um especially with this division like this division is like you know the key on parody um and possibly the NL East this year with with a little yeah, bit of parody yeah that's a that's another division where wide open whoever whoever wants to to take that division you know it's up for grabs Absolutely. All right. Um, that concludes uh, this week's pod on the NL Central. Um, next week, we'll be moving out west, unless Joe wants them to stay east. Um, probably go out west to the AL West. Uh, no, we could about- go out west, dude. I'm sick of this cold-ass weather. Let's move out west. <laughs> we'll have to talk about those asterisks. I mean, uh, Houston Astros um, <laughs> uh, and that in that division. Um Ship should be a good one. I uh, want to remind you to uh, follow us on Twitter at PlaySneaky. Um, remember, we're presented by JokerMag.com, the home of the underdog. Follow that on Twitter as well, at JokerMagHQ. Subscribe to the weekly newsletter from, from JokerMag every Tuesday in the morning. It's a great read, must read. Um, and we will see you next week talking about the AL West.